We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to The Green Room, a euphony podcast powered by Yamaha headphones, taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians, actors and comedians from around the world. Tiana Speedo, your host here with you as always. What's doing? I hope your day is being wonderful to you so far and I'm genuinely stoked that you have joined me today. Now, in case you missed last week's episode, I was joined by the legendary Matt Goss, frontman for 80s icons Bros turned Las Vegas legend, turned potentially my new life coach. But Matt's incredible career journey alongside twin brother Luke is on full display as we speak. You can catch the Bros doco on SBS On Demand for a limited time at the moment. And Matt also has an imminent new solo record, The Beautiful Unknown, due out very soon and plans to head to Australia. Given our chat last week, that seems very keen for Mr. Matt Goss. But moving on to today's episode, I inadvertently seem to be on a bit of a Brit bender of late. Today is my third British guest in a row by pure coincidence after starting 2022 off with Dave from Glass Animals and Matt Goss, of course, last week. But back in 2007, a group of uni mates in Leeds started writing and playing music together not fathoming that casual living room gigs and an enjoyment of triangles would eventually lead to a Mercury Prize, Grammy Award nominations and a debut album in 2012 that would go on to be classed as one that flipped the indie script via its genre-morphing, experimentation and catchy-as-hell off-kilter pop tendencies. The band in question, Alt-J, have since gone on to become one of the most successful modern British bands, boasting the coveted feat of successfully cracking America despite some self-described British cynicism. But selling over 2 million records, they've also carved up half a billion streams and they even count artists like Miley Cyrus as a fan. With 2022 now well and truly upon us all, it's been now over four years since fans last copped a brand new studio Alt-J album. But as of today, the fourth album chapter in the Alt-J tale is upon us, bustling with songs about beauty, darkness, Hollywood, and even true crime weaved with the classic Alt-J sonic hallmarks. So we're talking the dream, of course, this new album. And what's exciting about this one, we're also seeing some shimmering showings of a band who just continue to evolve as writers and storytellers with each passing release. And to celebrate the long-awaited release of The Dream, Alt-J vocalist and guitarist Joe Newman joins me right now to discuss everything from first gigs to directing music videos and more. And Joe Newman from Alt-J joins me now. Joe, thank you so much for coming on the Green Room podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. Not only are we just at the beginning of 2022, I know it's already been a bit of a strange year for many of us, but some joy that we are imminently being gifted is The Dream, which is, of course, Alt-J's fourth studio album. But I guess, like, to start off with, it has been a little bit of time now since we last got a brand new Alt-J album, obviously, since Relaxer, then you guys did the remix album. But how does it feel to reach this point, particularly with what's been going on over the last two and a bit years? 
Yeah, it's been um, it's been a long journey, I think, for us. Uh, we took 2019 out um, after touring the last album, Relaxer. Um, I think we just needed time to reconnect with um, friends, family, and just ourselves. And so we had that year out, and then we came back the beginning of 2020, and uh, the pandemic just happened and everything like the world just was just this huge pause button so it actually was an opportunity for us to keep writing um and do what we would do ordinarily um under kind of extraordinary situ uh, sort of a uh, situation so um mm. but it, it's it's nice to it's nice to be on the precipice of releasing something yeah. um it's just like it's what we do and it actually what we do it comes around not that often actually the mm. moment that you use. and so it's really exciting for us yay well it's exciting all around I think to the fans and obviously all of us here in Australia are so excited about it that going back a ways like relaxer kind of gave a little bit of everything like we got string sections and there were so many like diverse sonic flourishes when it came time to the dream was there a game plan back in the day like did you have a pretty firm idea of where you wanted to head I know there are some darker themes this time around and you've still got really interesting flourishes but you know cheekier moments as well but overall was the plan to capture some of life's less rosy moments with this one i don't i mean like your game plan probably um is executed only as far as the songs that you're writing at the time i i don't think we think about a general um mood to the album um but what we've always done is we just sort of take a song at a song at a time and um i think oh when you look back on like if you're if you're so you know the first three or four songs for example you can easily start seeing sort of like themes like uh love loss maybe true crime mm-hmm. um and um uh you know the claustrophobia and paranoia and general kind of sort of loss of control of the pandemic mm. i think they kind of uh, influence the writing um but you're not there's no game plan i don't think until until and actually like when you release an album um it's it's actually quite a cathartic process because you can then you can release the work and then it's exposed to the general public and your fans and then they will um, almost um, sort of like volley back their experience of the album and 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 by doing that you are told what the album is in a way so it's actually we're not quite there we're not we're not quite at the stage where we understand the album. I think that's only like six months after we released the album that you just, the feedback is really important to understanding the body of work. Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing too, like with how much personal stuff would go into an album like this and the way you guys seem to craft and your songwriting in particular, like it is incredible that something so personal can translate to be something so universal, even if it wasn't necessarily that initial intention. So it's always amazing to see you know, it's a combined effort sometimes in unpacking things, but we've had some sneak peeks already, obviously with the dream. And most recently I was really excited to see your directorial debut for hard drive gold and a nice link to Australia too. I have to obviously put that in there, but Mm. you have had a hand in developing the videos over the years, of course, but how was it to officially step into the director's chair this time around? 
Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, it's just like I was working with my partner Darcy um, and um, a Melbourneian. Is that right, Melbourneian, Melbourneite? What's... I'm I'm from the Gold Coast. Let's just say you're right, and we'll fact check. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my boss is from Melbourne, so he can correct us if we're correct or not. Right. I, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah. So um, we, yeah, we worked on this video together, and. Um, it was, it was full on. I mean, like being a director is confusing. You do everything and nothing. It's like well, on the day you're involved in the process, but there's so many people that make the film happen around you um, and you have to trust everyone. And at the same time, you're making decisions from the inception to kind of the conclusion. Um, and, and it's, 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 it's so it's so so much fun and it's such a great experience if you love working within a team um it it, it just it happens and it's like you you, you kind of wonder how it all happened and how it all how it was all achieved but um you were there every step of the way so it's it was a really really amazing process yeah i love it and i think like the fact you survived it and lived to tell a tale with a smile on your face says it all but is it something you would turn your head to again in a hurry or are you happy to kind of just have a bit of input and just let it happen no i think i no, i mean like both darcy and i we're kind of an uh a duo and um we we caught the we caught the bug i mean it's so much fun i mean we're so privileged to be able to work at the level that we were working at most directors have to spend years and years and years to reach where we started so um it's addictive i think and uh she working with darcy was one of the greatest experiences um of my career because she's just super talented and um she has the ability to kind of bring you back down to earth very quickly and remind you that what's possible, what's not possible. And at the same time also encourage you. And I think it's, it's like a really, really important process to go through um, something like that with someone that you trust. And uh, it, it was just, yeah, it's brilliant. I love this, the dream team. I'm excited to see what you guys are going to cook up in the future. This sounds very exciting. And also, addictive. Yeah. I'm like, never thought about it in my life. And now you're kind of selling me on the idea, but I might just leave it to you guys. You seem to have a good It's name. funny because like everyone, it's funny, like every, a lot of people in the industry, like the, the film industry or, or yeah, they, they or like there's it's, 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 so many jobs in that industry. And like a lot of people dream to be a director, but it's like, it's so hard to be a director because like it's just so much it's so much decision making and you can become you can get fatigued with all the decisions that you have to make or you have to basically keep everyone like one of the big things about directing is you have to keep everyone on track you have to you have a vision and you have to basically it's like herding cats sometimes you have to corral everyone in the same direction that you want to go in and actually that's hard and um but uh i mean i wouldn't the the, the payoff is just amazing because it's so amazing because you're creating you're literally creating a world um you're, you're defining the parameters of a world that you want people to see mm. and um it's like really really exhilarating so it's worth it so anyone that wants to get into directing like it's just it's like you're creating your own world and that's that's there's nothing better than that
I love that. And it's just such a beautiful manifestation of your art too, that is just evolving with each release you guys seem to put out. And I know like live music has kind of been off the menu for a lot of people for a long time. That is slowly coming good. We're slowly coming into something that has some semblance to it. But is there a particular song on the dream? Not that I want you to play favorites, but is there one you absolutely cannot wait to play live? Like any personal favorites that you just are absolutely itching to finally play on stage? I think, yeah, there are songs that I look forward to playing with the band and there are songs that I really look forward to just singing and one one of those songs the foremost um it's called walk a mile and um it's it's kind of just like a country bluesy soul infused song which is um i think maybe something that I, it's more instinctive to me and the music i used to listen to when i was younger i listened to a lot of soul music and um and and actually that was something that that was kind of my first experience of like music that actually meant something just like just the, just the the voice as a as a as a weapon almost um and so i i listened to i listened to that that sort of era, era of music and um I, like I didn't realize that it had such an impact on me and then I started singing this song and I realized that that's kind of like my roots in a way of 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 like a, of, of where my voice has come from but what I want it to sound like and so I, I really look forward to singing it live mm. and I I also like have a guitar solo in that song which I'm very proud of and like playing that and singing at the same time it's I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. It's. I'm gonna feel really good playing it and singing it. It's gonna make me feel good. Oh, yeah. I love so that. Good. Having yeah. a bit of a shred and some soul all in one go. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up after this short break, I do share my own personal favourite song from Alt-J's new album, The Dream, which leads to a very riffing good story. Plus, Joe shares the memorable first ever Alt-J gig, some pinch me moments along the way, and a few other stories as well. That and more coming up after this. Love music? Press Play. A new release podcast from Euphony. Each week, Press Play rounds up the best in new music landing in stores and streaming services. Catch all the latest album, EP and single news as well as a roundup of reissues, anniversary and vinyl releases. Host Tiana Speeder is joined by a panel of knowledgeable music experts alongside artists discussing their new releases. Visit euphony.com.au or listen to Press Play on your favourite podcast platform. I had a listen through, like I did adore that one. Another one I kept coming back to was Happier When You're Gone. There is just something about that. It just picked me up and took me to some magic place and just sat me down. And so I have to thank you for that because it was very needed. <laughs> oh, well, I, you're, well, thank you. Yeah, that's um, that was a song where the guitar riff was actually originally a bass riff mm-hmm. and it was from 2008 and it was originally a song called um i'm a robber from the 70s and but we have no recording of that song so i i i can i only have it in my memory but i can never recall it enough for it to be um the song that it once was so i took the I took the riff and I just wrote a new song. And actually I wrote that in Melbourne. Um, I wrote that in uh, Carlton of all places. 
Oh my yeah. God. You're practically, you're an honorary Australian. You've probably been more places than I have, I swear to God. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I love mean, this. Yeah, it's also okay. like a time traveling riff, which I'm kind of into as well. I like yeah. this a lot. Time traveling riff. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of what we write are, isn't from a period of time that people would maybe expect. Mm. I think, I think I think there's I, maybe there's an assumption that new out new new work is written in the time in which you finish the first, the, the 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 last album and you begin the new one, mm-hmm. but actually, <clears throat> if you're anything like us, we record everything um, and 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 kind of store it. You know, we kind of squirrel it away, and there's if there's not a place for it on like. The second album or the first album you, you your just body holds on to it you know it's like yeah your body knows the score as i say yeah. it's the true it's true with music as well it will it will it will retain what's important to you and you you just hold on to it until you know when you can release it and it makes sense to you so that was a song that yeah it came from 2008 uh-huh. and uh, but then you know, fast forward, you know, 11 years, 12 years. And um, I, I had a, I had a, just a, 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 a sentiment that I'd written a long time ago called, I, I'm happy when you're gone. And it really fitted with the riff and they just, they kind of gelled so beautifully. You can't not write a song when that happens. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's what the process was. Uh, pure magic coming together like I love those moments too when it's not that it's not you know it's already there obviously somewhere out in the ether but when it just all falls into place at that perfect moment like if I could bottle that sensation of just everything being at the right time at the right place I just love that to death so and even better because it was my favorite song so it makes me very happy (laughs) yeah thank you um I guess with the live stuff too like I mean I know it's been a little while now but to time travel a little bit back to like the really early old J days. Like I know you guys met at uni. There was so much obviously going on when you were doing everything. What was the first official alt J gig? Where was it? Was it a success? Who was there? Do you remember that key moment where this kind of shifted into being something not just a hobby? Uh, yeah, no, I it's it, it's 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 a very memorable moment. Um we it was back in the it was just before we broke for Christmas in 2008. And um, we were all living in, um, so in university in the UK, I think it's slightly different in Australia. I think a lot of people stay at home for university, but in the UK, everyone, it's an opportunity to leave, leave the nest. And so most people do do that. And so we were, the first year we were in halls um, which is like halls of residence, which is just like, you know, fun. And then, and then you start make all the friends you make in the first year. You then basically come together and you find a landlord, and you're like, we want to live here. And so we had this amazing house that was like a eight bedroom Victorian house um, that it was kind of built like for students basically, and a kind of like long suffering kind of neighbour who just like couldn't stand that like the area that we lived in was sort of like predominantly dominated by students. Mm -hmm. But uh, we lived there and we decided 
all these songs that we were writing, we were like, oh, we should we should play a gig. And actually, I think at the time, half the band was just like, no, 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 no. We're not we're not playing live. Like we're writing songs because it's just like it's something you can do in our downtime. And 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 like we pushed. Like I think with Gus was just like, well, you know, we, we want to play to to an audience and like if why are we writing songs if not to play live and like it was a daunting prospect but we decided to um invite all of our friends to this house and uh we set up our gig in the living room and about 50 people showed up all of all of friends of friends and friends and i think everyone was just like expecting it to be a bit of a knees up like oh yeah 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 this these these guys are going to play some music and and then we'll just get drunk and 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 just have a good time and and actually we played these six songs that we were we'd been working on um and a lot of people were just like pretty surprised actually by how good the songs were and and like afterwards they they kind of they, they sort of independently took us to one side and like we all have a similar experience memory of the experience and they all took us to one side and they were just like you're actually you're actually pretty good and i think that was like the catalyst in sort of like us deciding that we wanted to pursue this like if not like just for the rest of our university career we just wanted to keep doing it so actually that was my first memory of uh, so that's 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 a big memory for me actually and it was quite a turning point but actually that that gig you can find on youtube like someone, someone recorded these like three, I think they recorded two songs and it's on YouTube and we sound good, you know, we're tight. And, uh, and then like in the new year we played, we did the same setup and I just got extraordinarily drunk and we sounded shit, so, <laughs> you know. The magic of having 50 people in your living room and annoying the neighbours can't be recreated sometimes, can it? <laughs> no, it can't be, no. <laughs> well, and what an incredible thing. I mean, you guys have come from that, from these uni days where, you know, so many bands start at uni and think that, oh, this is it. But you guys have just, you've become something so much, you know, it's what everyone's attaining for. A direct quote is that you guys are one of the most successful British bands of the millennium that's like the whole millennium at this point in 2022 already so given that status like are you at a point now where this just feels normal every day like do you still experience any pinch me moments at this point or are you just along for the ride and just able to just go with the flow and let it happen i mean you you do have pinch me moments and they're they're often like being at festivals and seeing like artists and bands that you listen to when you were younger and you know they were involved in your your like a decision to 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 keep doing what it is that you really like to do but um it's funny it's it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting because it's the dream for, for for all of us it's 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 kind it's almost like the cliched dream job you know and um what's interesting is actually coming to terms with how the dream job is still work and um, it's hard. And it's, it's, I think it's, 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 it's interesting. I, 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 I think I'm pinching myself all the time, but like, it's like, I can't believe 
there's so much thing there's so many things i can't believe um but you just live through it and it is what it is um and i i mean like a lot of the time i'm just like how many worlds are there that exist alternative universes where i'm not doing this and what's what what is the my consciousness in this world it's like how lucky am i that i'm i'm in this world doing this job because like you know it, it i it could so easily have been something completely different and more kind of relatively normal maybe more heartbreaking i don't know like i, I it just seems so unusual that i'm doing this so i guess yeah it is i could so easily not be doing this and and, and like yeah, everything just fell in place, yeah. and we were very lucky and fortunate. And I'm now doing this. It's uh, it is it is unusual, but you get used to how unusual it is, and it just becomes uh, normal. Yeah, the the levels of normality are very malleable, aren't they? In a in yeah. a life that like that. <laughs> but yeah, I feel right. like I feel like the album title in itself that is really really pertinent for what you are doing and you guys are gifting that out to so many people, but being the very busy man that you are, I will only ask one more question. Um, given I have got you here on the green room podcast today, what is one key item that you like to have in your own backstage or green room when you are able to tour and get on the road? Hmm. Good question. Um, well, there was a period of time where um, we had clean socks and by clean socks, I mean new socks. Yeah. And um, that was one thing, new socks. But for me, I think that avocado, I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those, I believe it's a fruit. Yes. And it's, as an Australian, I'm sure you can attest to it being vital. Oh, to yes. fabric of life and it's also it, i think it contains all the properties that you need to survive um a, a long and prosperous life so if like if i was if 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 something was awful was to happen and i had an avocado or or sort of a a, a supply of avocados i think i think i'd be okay but yeah no i think uh, avocados are, are, are key on the rider um yeah avocados yeah. um uh, yeah, of course. That's brilliant. It covers your bases. And actually, next time you're in Australia, um, there is a brewery up um, on the northern New South Wales coast where they actually make an avocado Kolsch beer. And it is absolutely to die for. I have got addicted to it, have to stop drinking it because it's a little bit too delicious. But that's also wow. something fun to potentially throw in the wow. mix for you. I, yeah, that will be that will be on the rider. The yeah, avocado there you go. Beer. We'll level it. It's just wow. avocado everything. We'll get you wallpaper. We've got it sorted. I'll cut, I'll sort right. it out. It's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> so, well, Joe, I'm so grateful you could join me. And I know here in Australia, we're all absolutely pumped to eventually be able to witness the dream live in action. But in the meantime, congratulations on such an incredible release and for surviving all the insanity of the past couple of years to actually reach this point. And we are just so excited. It's finally coming out. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Yay. And I'll get that avocado beer sorted. I'll get on the phone. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
Well, a big thank you to Joe for joining me today. I may have to get him a case of that avocado beer, but I'm very happy to rise to that challenge. But if you haven't already, be sure to go give the amazing new Alt-J album, The Dream, a spin right now. It's definitely been well worth the wait and you can find more info about the album and Alt-J in general in today's episode show notes. As always, you can grab a listen and a watch of the Green Room episodes. Head to euphony.com.au. All the viewing and listening links are there waiting for you or just search The Green Room with Tiana Speeder in the usual places. And again, as always, you know the drill. If you like The Green Room, dare I say love, are we at that stage yet? I hope so. But if you are liking these chats, let us know. Fling us a review on Apple Podcasts, stream us on Spotify, make your cat watch an episode. All those little things make a world of difference and we always love to hear what you're thinking. But for right now, that is it for today. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next week for more Green Room. Tiana Speeder is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker.